Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, we are joined by the Draft Network's J.C. Cornell to talk Buccaneers, Senior Bowl, Super Bowl, and have a little true-false fun. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E CHU.com. Promo code locked on. L O C K E D O N to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. What's up, guys? David Harrison of the Locked On Bucks podcast here. And before we get today's show started, I wanted to let you know about one of our sponsors, Calm. We talk about fitness a lot, but there's another side to the game that's just as important, and I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind. For LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. He says, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. For a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash locked on. Unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on. That's calm.com slash locked on. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Joining us now, the mastermind behind the Draft Network. You've seen him on Twitter, at Cornell NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, JC Cornell. JC, how you doing, buddy? I am doing well. It's great to be back on the show with you guys. Yeah, it's it's great to have you back. It's been a while. You've been a busy guy and know you've been working on setting up a, a studio in your house. And is that is that all finalized? Are you are you ready to rock and roll in, in your new uh, in-house studio there? I am sitting in my studio right now. Um, hopefully the sound quality is good. I do oh, yeah. not have all my equipment set up in here. So I have like a temporary setup right now. Okay, right on. It's you know, it's a work in progress. I'm still trying to get my office set up. So, you know, I'm a little jealous of yours, but I'll get there hopefully <laughs> one day. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. Yeah, it's it's fun. I mean, I'm blessed to have this and I'm looking forward to using it and starting my own podcast. So 
Yeah, well, and, and we're looking forward to listening to it. But yeah, let's go ahead and, and dive right in, JC. And and let's talk about the 2019 Bucks. A little bit of a disappointing seven and nine finish. You have Jameis Winston throwing for five thousand yards and thirty-three touchdowns, but he's also thrown for thirty interceptions. Seven of them returned for touchdowns by opposing defenses. You have Mike Evans and Chris Godwin go off, but then both get injured. Uh you know, a defense that starts off slow and then gets hot at the end of the season. Like what are kind of your, your overall takeaways from what you saw from the first year of the Bruce Arians era in Tampa? Well, I'm going to start with the defense. And when it comes to the defense, I think defense is back in Tampa Bay. Todd Bowles has completely reconstructed that defense and they played hard. And we got a guy on the edge in Shaq Barrett with 19 and a half sacks. And we haven't had that kind of production in a long time. And it, it I have to admit, like it, it feels amazing to have an edge rusher again. And then you go with a guy like Devin White, who we were all high on on the podcast last year, and and I'm so happy he was the pick. I mean, he's going to be a great player for a long time, and he uh, he showed up in those games late in the season and almost made a case for Rookie of the Year for the defensive side of the ball. But you know, he missed a lot of the, uh, some games early. So, I mean, but he played great, and um, yeah. And then when we go to the offense, we talk about Jameis Winston and and the thirty thirty season. Um, I, the picks, man, you know, you got to feel so frustrated as a fan. And not only as a fan, if you're Bruce Arians, you know, going into year two of your regime, how do you feel about Jameis Winston moving forward? And I think that's what we're going to probably talk about a lot today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Jameis Winston has been a hot topic his entire time with the, with the Buccaneers from, I mean, you go back to pre-draft and you had the, the people who wanted Mariota, the people who wanted Winston. And then since he's been drafted, it's just it's just been one Five year long. I mean, essentially, it's a soap. It's a soap opera. Like, let's just call it what it is. It's essentially what it's been with Jameis, whether it's on the field or off the field, and it all kind of seems to be coming to some sort of crossroads, right? Because Bruce Arians, you know, a lot of people kind of lean on when he came to Tampa. He talked about how Jameis was one of the reasons that he came to Tampa. All you need is a quarterback. All those comments and all those great things, and those and those are all fantastic. But I think what we kind of saw towards the end of the season was a little bit of a regression, if you want to even call it that, or basically just Jameis Winston staying who he's been despite the fact that he's got these new coaches and these new instructors and this new teaching method that's working across the board. You see every other player almost on this team, except for maybe a Mike Evans, who is you know just already one of the best, getting better week in and week out. But Jameis Winston all the way down to week 17 is still having some of the same struggles and the same flaws in his game that he had before B.A. and when B.A. got there. Um, everybody's got their take on it, J.C., and, I mean, here we are at the end of January. We still got February, uh, early March before free agency starts, and then who knows before, before the draft. Things can change always. Uh, it's You know, football is fluid, but as of today, where do you stand on the Jameis Winston conversation? You know, with me and Jameis, I just, I just don't know, man. It's hard. Uh, it's been five years, and he still has that same issue, and he throws these – terrible interceptions and for me it's hard as a fan to think like is he going to improve this soon or if we give him a long-term contract is he going to fix this I mean Bruce Arians is he's not a young guy and he's he's got to figure this out soon you know it's so hard for me to say I, I right now would would lean to trying to find a, a new quarterback a rookie and having a bridge quarterback and a veteran yeah and I can't I mean I can't disagree with that like that's that's the thing that is so frustrating about Jameis, right? Because nobody is going to deny the fact that there is a potential in Jameis Winston that we see from time to time, and we see some of those dimes get dropped. Um, you know, we all kind of live on Twitter, especially during game days. And I remember JC, you dropping tweets during during games 
where Jameis Winston would just make amazing plays that you, you can almost say that no other quarterback might be able to make in the NFL. But then he also makes the equally amazing mistake that nobody else in the NFL is making evidenced by his, you know, all time uh, record setting amount of pick sixes in 2019. But really, and we talk about the five year thing. And I remember earlier in the season, James and I would talk and, and I was kind of one of the people standing up saying, listen, the last four years, you almost have to kind of shelve them because those, those are dirt cutter years. And who knows what the lesson was being taught? Who knows how, you know, the quality of the teaching and all that. But as we got deeper into the season with BA, it really got to a point where it's okay. Now it's starting to look like it's the pupil, not the teacher. That might have been the bigger problem here because you're changing teachers. This is the third time that this franchise has made a coaching decision to uh, facilitate James. Well, the second time, third coach for to facilitate James's growth, and it's still not working. So now you have to start turning the table a little bit and saying, look, maybe the problem is on the receiving end and not on the delivery. Um, I think either way, there needs to be two quarterbacks in, the, in in on this roster, competing quarterbacks on this roster in 2020. Because even if you have Jameis, I, I still am a fan of bringing in a veteran. I don't think you know uh, Philip Rivers is a guy that's that's come up obviously, and I don't think Philip Rivers is going to come in and, to compete with Jameis Winston necessarily. But if you get a different veteran to come in and compete with Jameis, or you get a first round rookie, it's it's kind of hard to justify franchise tagging or extending a guy and then bringing in a first round draft pick though. So however they they figure it out, I really feel like we need quarterback competition, or they just need to cut the cord and go a completely new direction, just shift gears, turn right. You know, leave that street behind and just move forward with with what they have. Yeah, you know, with Jameis, I've been a huge Jameis supporter. You know, the entire time he's been here, and even last year when I've come on the podcast, I've talked so highly of him. And you know, I just wanted him to succeed, and it's to the point now where the interceptions just—I I just shake my head watching the games, and and it's just not changing, and it's just a constant thing with these interceptions. And you know, the Philip Rivers talk is. You know, we don't know how much truth there is to that with, you know, Benjamin Albright saying there's buzz about uh, him landing in Tampa. Obviously, he moved to Florida. Um, we're going to see what happens there. Rivers would come in as a similar player to Jameis, and the only way I see that happening really is if they've got a guy that they're looking at in the draft, whether that's Jordan Love or a Jacob Eason. Um, that's the only way Rivers comes in my mind. Um, I, I don't know what you guys, what your thoughts are on that. Oh, I'm, I'm all aboard the roller coaster of love. Um, big fan of his, and you know we'll you know David and I will continue through the through the offseason to dive into more of these quarterback prospects. But I did want to ask you, you know, if you're looking at a bridge quarterback situation, you know, as, as you guys have already talked about, Philip Rivers is a name that's been brought up quite a bit. I had actually convinced myself that Andy Dalton would not be a bad bridge quarterback for a season or two if you're drafting and developing a guy. Um. I know some people are real big on Teddy Bridgewater. Others continue to say that he doesn't fit a Bruce Arians offense, which to me, if Teddy Bridgewater gets signed by the Bucks, obviously Bruce Arians believes that he fits the offense. So who are we to argue with the guy whose offense it is? But what kind of, of veteran slash rookie combinations could you see this team pursuing? And, and which one would be your personal favorite uh, for the Buccaneers in, in 2020 and beyond? You know, I like Teddy Bridgewater. I just, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's a Bruce Arians quarterback. Bruce likes these big, tall, strong-armed uh, quarterbacks. And Rivers is a guy that um, Arians has been high on when he was coming out of college and he's watched his uh, career go by. 
And even though he doesn't have that strong arm, he has all the qualities that Arians likes in the quarterback. And he's that fiery leader that Bruce would love to coach. And, you know, I could see him making sense in Tampa. Yeah. And JC, I mean, we, we hear, you know, a lot of the the, com- the comparisons and some of the criticisms to the idea of Phillip Rivers. And I don't, I mean, I, I agree. Like Phillip Rivers doesn't have, you know, the biggest arm in the world anymore. I mean, I don't, I don't know what 38, 39 year old quarterback is going to have as big, of, big an arm as they did when they were 25, 24 years old. But even still, I mean, if 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 this team, so looking at the, at the Buccaneers and the way the defense progressed throughout the season and the way even they were playing early, if this team has a quarterback that throws for over 4,600 yards from scrimmage, throws 23 touchdowns, 20 interceptions, but only one of those interceptions is a pick six, right? Because I know 23 touchdowns compared to 33 touchdowns is a big gap. That's 10. That's almost, I mean, you're not quite, you're not really close, close to uh, one per game, but you're getting close to the point where it's one per game touchdown fewer than what Jameis Winston did. But when you look at the fact that Jameis Winston had six more pick sixes thrown than Phillip Rivers did in his 20 interceptions versus Phillip Rivers, one pick six, that's a, that's a seven touchdown difference at the end of the day. And that is a much smaller gap. It it sounds like a lot, but over the course of 16 games, that's a much smaller gap for a defense to pick up or even say a running game to pick up if you can because a lot of these games, we talk about the running game, and a lot of these games, this team was behind early. They were behind multiple scores early, and it's not always Jameis Winston's fault, but a lot of those things were facilitated by Jameis and some of the mistakes he made, uh, especially you know in that streak of, of first drive, first pass interceptions that he was throwing. If, you, if Jameis Winston came out through 4,600 yards, 23 touchdowns, and 20 interceptions with only one of those being a pick six, I think the Buccaneers are a playoff team this year. I really do. I think the way the defense progressed – that team is is in the playoffs now. I don't know if they're going to the Super Bowl this weekend or next weekend, but I think they're they're at least in the postseason. Yeah, I agree. I mean, the the pick sixes they're so hard to come back from. Um, you you get that that touchdown scored by the defense. You have to now drive all the way up the field and score another touchdown. That just doesn't happen that much in the NFL. It's it's hard to come by. Um, Jameis really crucifies the team with that, and um, I just think you know that's something that they're thinking about when they're making the decision. And Phillip Rivers, obviously, like you said, does not have that mistake happen as much. And we just got to figure that out with the offense. JC, let's go ahead and move over to the senior bowl. Um, you know, you, you were tweeting out a lot of, of information about some of the prospects that are there. Who were some of the big standout guys that you saw that would fit well with the bucks in 2020? Yeah. So there's a couple guys. Uh, let me pull them up right here really quick. So it started with Josh Jones. Uh, the Buccaneers have been loving Jones at the Senior Bowl. He's six foot seven, three hundred and ten pounds. He'd be a great replacement for Demar, Demar Dotson at the right tackle. Um, he just crushed the Senior Bowl all week, and his stock. You know, people were thinking he's a day two guy, and I really think um, now he's looking at the first round. So the Bucks will have a hard look at him, and I don't think he'll be the fourteenth pick. But you know, there's talk that they would trade back into the first round, and uh, and maybe that would be the guy they'd go after. Um, another guy's Javon Kinlaw, uh, defensive tackle from South Carolina. He's an absolute beast. He would be so good next to Vita Vea, and that defense would, I mean, opposing offenses would have a hard time taking Vita Vea, Shaq Barrett, all those guys, and Javon Kinlaw. That'd be that'd be crazy. Um, there's another defensive tackle, Laryl Murchison. Um, I think I said that right. Uh, he's a he's got a great spin move. He's um, a guy that would another guy that would fit well next to Vita Vea. So they're really looking at that uh, interior defensive line spot. 
And then there's two quarterbacks that stood out to me. Obviously, Justin Herbert, we know all about him. But Jordan Love really stood out to me. I mean, he crushed it. I think his personality, he just looks like a great leader. He looks like he could step in. And I don't I've never I haven't heard anything about the Bucks being interested in him, but I think he's gonna be a, a first round pick and he has a big arm that BA likes and I mean that would be interesting. Yeah, and JC, I think the key, I mean, the the emergence of Josh Jones, you know, I had read a few things, uh specifically some stuff on the draft network as well about him, you know, leading into the senior bowl and there were some people who liked him and everything. But like you said, he really kind of made his mark down in a mobile and, and hopefully, you know, fans who got to watch the game on Saturday saw some of that come out if possible, but the practices are really, you know, where these guys make their money. And I think it's safe to say that, that Josh definitely made some money. It's really starting to look like, cause there was a little bit of a concern, right? That all these targeted players might be gone before pick 14. So the bucks would either be faced with a situation where they essentially have to move up or they may not get one of those guys that, you know, a lot of people are tying to them right now early in the draft process. But as we're going through this thing, it honestly seems like there's more and more guys that are kind of making cases for themselves to become uh, day one prospects. So the Buccaneers, like you just mentioned, are almost in a perfect situation where, uh, depending on the quarterback situation, because that's all going to be figured out come April. Like by the time we hit day one in the at the NFL draft, we will know the direction the Buccaneers wanted to go or want to go in uh, with the quarterback position. So if they already have a quarterback entering day one of the NFL draft. And Jordan Love's not available. Herbert's not available. I know uh, J- Daniel Jeremiah mocked him to the Bucks at 14, but most of the reaction out there in the in the interweb is that there's no way they think Herbert's going to last to pick 14. And judging from what he did the senior bowl, I think it's a pretty safe bet. But if Jordan Love is gone, like you said, that trade back option, Kinlaw is 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 more getting more and more attractive by the day. But if you had to make a choice, if you're if you're sitting in the draft room and Jason Light looks at you and says, JC, really the only guy. Like we have, we have Josh Jones, but it might be too high to take him at 14. We got Kinlaw. He's sitting on the board when we're at 14. Do you take Kinlaw and boost the defense a little bit more? Or do you trade back, grab more draft capital and get yourself a new offensive tackle? What do you do in that situation? I mean, that's a hard uh, decision. I think I would actually trade back a little bit and get Josh Jones to acquire more picks. There's a lot of talent in the draft. Um, Josh Jones, and I I want them to get a running back so bad. I like J.K. Dobbins. I like DeAndre Swift as well. I just think, you know, if they keep Jameis, I, I, a stud running back next to Ronald Jones uh, would be amazing for them. Yeah, and I, you know, and I would make the uh, the same decision. Of course, there's a little bit of bias in there because I'm pretty much a trade back guy every year. Doesn't really matter. Almost, I'm. I, I mean, even this year with Devin White, I was, I was like, oh, if they don't draft Devin White, maybe they trade back and they get, you know, somebody. But they also trade back. I'm always a trade back guy. But yeah, as attractive as Kinlaw is, and as much as I mean, I was watching some of the live broadcasts that that your guys were doing there for Mobile on the on the Draft Network on Twitter, and you know, all of them. Uh, it was Jordan Reed. You know, said you know I love Javon Kinlaw to the Bucks, and Trevor got a a big old smile on his face. And believe me, I got one on my face too. But I just can't you know deny the fact that trading back, getting a starting tackle for this offensive line, which protects whatever quarterback you have there a little bit better, uh, hopefully makes your running game a little bit better because. I mean, DeMar Dotson went on the Pewter Nation podcast himself and even said he's not he doesn't enjoy run blocking. And, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. And I'm not saying run him out of town or anything. But when you have a running game that's struggling and your starting right tackle doesn't like run blocking, it might that might be a contributing factor. So getting a guy like Josh Jones, who's in there, wants to do the work, is capable of doing the work. I think would be valuable. And then adding the draft picks, especially, you know, like you said, running back is, is a potential need uh, there in day two. Uh, this wide receiver group is looking stacked and, and 
beyond Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, Brashad Perryman's not a guarantee to come back. So, you know, I look at a guy uh, like K.J. Hill out of Ohio State. I know James is going to love that. But, you know, the the value in stocking draft picks in this year's class especially works with what the Buccaneers need, I think. So I think uh, I'm on the same page there. Um, but James, I mean, unless you have unless you have something, unless you want to cuss me out for bringing up Ohio State, I think we need to get to the big game this uh, coming up here pretty soon. Can we just get through one episode where we don't bring up a prospect from Ohio State? Just one. I mean, oh, it's... Ask. It's it's JC's fault because he brought up JK all day. So I had to. He got me going. Was it KJ Hill that made that incredible catch today at the senior bowl? Oh no, we're bringing it up. He he did make an incredible catch at the senior bowl during senior bowl practice. That one handed Uh, catch? Yes. Yep. He's he's so talented. Yeah, it was pretty pedestrian. You didn't even see it. I did see it actually. Because I think I think Trevor and like three other people all tweeted it out within like a seven tweet span on my timeline. So yeah, I saw it. It was meh. So yeah, let's move on to the Super Bowl. All right. Well, of course, it's it's the Chiefs and the Niners. It's it should be a fun matchup. It should be an exciting game. At least I hope so. Um, you know, it's it's games like this where you you know you see the offensive explosion for the 49ers in the NFC championship against the Packers and you know Mahomes and company are always on the verge of just exploding. But this, to me, the closer we get, has all the makings of like a 17 to 13 game because of of how much the 49ers can stifle Kansas City. JC, how do you feel about the the matchup this weekend? You know, I really like Kansas City. The thing I worry about with uh, 49ers is like, Garoppolo's throwing the ball like nine times a game. What if KC goes up early? And they got to start passing the ball a lot. I, you don't know what, what could happen. I'm My prediction is Kansas City Chiefs 42, 49ers 24. Mahomes that's, throwing four touchdowns. That's a lot of points on a really that's stingy intense. defense. Watch, watch and see. We'll see. That is. I mean, that is a lot of points on a stingy defense. But the thing, I mean, the, the thing about it is if Pat Mahomes in that Kansas City, if Eric Bieniemy figures them out, if he gets them going – and they get on a roll, they're really hard. Like, it's hard to rebound. Like, once an offense figures out a defense, it is really hard for that defense to bounce back on the same night, uh, especially with all those lights and all the pressure, the Lombardi on the line. And, yeah, I mean, I think the, the key to that game, like you said, JC, is forcing Jimmy Garoppolo to beat you. That's what the Chiefs have to do is they've got to put the game in Jimmy Garoppolo's hands because, I mean, it's 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 evident in the stats. You know what I mean? Like you watch the games and you see it anyway. But even if you don't watch the game and you just look at the stats, Jameis Winston in 2019 threw for threw through the football 27 or more times. I want to say four or five times in a single game last year. Jimmy Garoppolo is throwing the ball 27 times the entire postseason. That's that's how little the 49ers are throwing the ball. Um, I, I loved, I heard on another podcast and they, and they called it the Joe Montana bowl. And I loved it cause I didn't mm-hmm. even put that connection together with the 49ers and the chiefs, you know? So, so I love the history there, the red on red, I, I guess that's like the first time in NFL history. It's been a red on red super bowl. Um, yeah, stuff like that. So JC, I, I love the prediction. It's, it's bold and, and it's definitely something that could possibly happen where the chiefs just kind of run away with this thing. Um, and as much as I would hate to see Nick Bosa, walking off the field, you know, dejected no, after that kind of a game. It could happen. Well, I, I think both of you are forgetting a very key component in this Sunday's game. Patrick Mahomes is on the cover of Madden. The 49ers are winning. Ooh, ooh, that's, yeah. a, that's a tough one. 
the uh, Madden curse. I didn't even think about that. But you know what? So I, I I downloaded Madden this year. Like I didn't buy the disc. I downloaded it straight to my PlayStation. Um, just the amount that I travel, I don't have to pack discs and and et cetera, et cetera. And what I've noticed is throughout the season, they they've gone through like these different game modes. And whenever they change kind of like the feature game mode of the month or whatever, they also change who's actually the cover picture on the Madden logo, like on, on the, where you go to the game. So, I mean, Pat Mahomes is the cover athlete, but I mean, at the same time, he's almost kind of not the cover athlete. No, he is the cover athlete. Hasn't Brady, did Brady win the Super Bowl when he was on the cover? No. I don't think he oh, won okay. the Super Bowl. He might have gone, because I know he's been on the cover they, twice, I think. Because that was the year they lost to the Eagles, wasn't it? Oh, you might be right. Yeah, yeah. And Brady's only been on the cover once. Gronk was on it too, and of course he he got the injury portion of the curse because it's not always an injury. You know, I was I was talking to somebody on Twitter, and you know they had mentioned you know did Mahomes break the curse? No, Mahomes was hurt earlier in the season, and somebody had said, well, it wasn't season ending, and it's like, well, it's not always season ending, and it's also not always an injury. Drew Brees was on the cover, and he lost to a seven and nine Seattle team in the wild card round of the playoffs. Like it, it yeah. hits in different ways, and uh yeah, I, I would have a hard time betting on uh, on the Madden cover athlete in in the Super Bowl, and also Andy Reid. I love Andy Reid, but oof, that guy in in big games has just not done well. He deserves to win one, though. I want to see him win one. He does. He does, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, again, I like Andy Reid, but, you know, until it's kind of like Tony Dungy. Until you show me that you can win that big one, I'm not going to buy into you being able to win the big one. That's just me, though. I mean, that's fair. But don't forget, Kyle Shanahan is is part of the part of the the 28 to three choke fest that the Falcons pulled in the, in the Super Bowl as well. So that is true, but John Lynch is going to suit up and he's not having it. <laughs> John Lynch is going to suit up. Tell me John Lynch couldn't still knock somebody's head off. I just he saw probably, him uh, the other day at my hotel did, at the yeah. senior bowl. He is, he still looks like a player. Yeah. So if you go with the, uh, the Mike Florio, uh, oh, rant, geez, don't. you have, you have John Lynch suit up to blow Mahomes up as he's running across the middle. Then when John Lynch is ejected, it's like, okay, you just ejected the 50-year-old GM who suited up for one hit. <laughs> what a terrible take that was. Oh, my goodness. So, JC, JC who, do you, who do you think? So, we have that score, right? But if, if we have that score, obviously the Chiefs have put up a lot of points. So, I think that makes Pat Mahomes kind of a, a, a favorite to be the MVP. But if we take Pat Mahomes off the table, just for argument's sake, who do you see from the Chiefs that might emerge as an MVP? Because in that score situation, I have an idea, but I want to see what, what your idea might be off the top of your head. On the offensive side, or could it be defensive side too? It can definitely be defensive. I think Honey Badger's going to show up in this big game. I mean, he's been playing lights out all year. As you know, he's a guy I love and wanted the Bucks to sign, but clearly he wanted to go to a contender and he chose a good team. Um, I think he could get a pick six or something, but on the offensive side, you know, they spread the ball around so well. Sammy Watkins, you know, Tyreek Hill. I mean, it's tough, man. I, I could see Tyreek Hill having a couple good good plays and big touchdowns, but I don't I don't know. Um I would I, if I could choose someone except for Mahomes, I would choose Tyron Matthew. Yeah, Tyron Matthew is exactly who I was thinking of because I think if the Chiefs force 
Jimmy G to throw the ball more than obviously they, they intend on having him throw through the postseason, then I think Honey Badger definitely has a good chance of coming up with a pick or two and maybe even a pick six, like you said. And on the offensive side, I think McCole Hardman is a is a a dark horse candidate, uh potentially. That defense is gonna look to shut down kind of those main playmakers. So McCole Hardman could could be a guy that that comes up big in a couple spots. All I these can't names. forget about Travis Kelsey. Sorry about that. Oh no, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, all these names getting thrown out. Nobody said Travis Kelsey. Well, but that's what I'm saying is that Niners defense is going to be keying in on the Tyreek Hills, on the Travis Kelseys, on you know the Sammy Watkins of the of the Chiefs offense. But every defense, like the the more you get into the depth, the weaker it gets. And McCall Hardman has had a season where he just he shows up on certain games. Where he's able to take take advantage of some of those depth those depth defenders that the, that defense is left putting on him, and I don't know. I, I think it's an opportunity. Plus, he's a, he's a return guy, and every time he puts his hands on the ball, there's there's a possibility of him doing something big with it. I just it's the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? It's not there. There's a history in the Super Bowl of either it's your marquee player, right? So yes, your your Pat Mahomes, your Travis Kelsey, or it's like kind of the a guy who's up. almost like lesser known. And I mean, yeah. McCall Hardman was sitting at a table. At the at the NFL Scouting Combine last year, which uh, for those out there who have never you know covered the NFL Scouting Combine, the table is where they put the guys that are just like, yeah, uh, yeah, you're here too. Go sit at the table and uh, NFL Network cameras. You're looking at the podiums. McCole Hardman was sitting at a table with another receiver, and reporters are just literally walking up to him, asking him a quick question or two, and then walking away. Like there's not a crowd around him. There's not a focused you know attention on him for a good thirty minutes or so. Um, so to go from there to at to the Super Bowl in Miami and become the Super Bowl MVP would just be a lot of poetic justice, I think. That's a good point. That's a good point. All right. Well, gentlemen, are we ready to move on to the true false segment of the show? Let's do it. All right. Well, David, this is your brainchild. I will let you uh, introduce what we're doing here and and give the first one. Yeah, so I mean, just just kind of something I, I kind of thought up one night, and and uh, JC, you and I were talking back and forth. I was like, you know what, maybe JC would be be a good sport and be willing to kind of unveil it for us. So you know, James, we do the the rapid fire, which JC, you did your first time on the show. Uh, every time we have a guest on for the first time, we do kind of the rapid fire. And so I kind of thought this is something we could start doing, you know, from time to time with our guests as you guys come back. And it's just a fun little thing, a lighthearted thing, not something that's intended to be, you know. Oh, J.C. Cornell, the Draft Network just said Philip Rivers is coming to Tampa, everybody. It's just kind of a, a quick, fast, lack of context, lack of really uh, diving into these topics. Uh, true, false questions. So, James, you and I will go back and forth, and we'll just throw out kind of a statement. And then, J.C., you just give us a true, false. We'll roll through about six of these. And then uh, at the end, if you if you feel like expanding on any of them, by all means, we'll give you time to do that. But if not, we can just leave it there and and let the listeners fill in the blanks. That sounds great. Let's do it. All right, so JC, I'll give you the first one. And the first true false I have for you is Rojo is running back one in 2020. Ooh, um, false. The Buccaneers starting quarterback in 2020 is not currently on the roster. False. OJ Howard will be a Buccaneer in 2020. False. Chris Godwin gets a multi-year extension before preseason begins. True. Levante David is the best off-ball linebacker in the NFC South. True. The Buccaneers will not add a new starter in the secondary this offseason. False. I like it. You know, right. we, we just said a lot of things in those six questions real quick, or those six statements, 
And that's my favorite part of this because, JC, unless you really feel compelled to, we're not going to expand on any of them, which means Twitter is going to be able to run free with everything that just happened. (laughs) (laughs) I do want to say one thing. (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) Because I earlier said, you know, I want to go in a different direction than Jameis. And, you know, there's a lot of frustration in there. I do think Jameis will be back. And I just want to put it out there that I will be 100% a Jameis fan if he's back. You know, it's just, it's tough, man. It's as a Buccaneers fan, you want to see these guys win. You want to see them in the playoffs. And when you, when you talk about Jameis Winston, it's just, will he win you a Super Bowl? I mean, I think that's a fair question. Like, can he win you a Super Bowl with all those interceptions? Can he clean that up? And I think that's just the biggest question for me. Yeah. And I think JC, I think that's honestly the, the, the fairest way to really look at this whole situation, even though we're all sitting here kind of contemplating over how difficult it is to justify bringing him back and whether or not we would personally bring him back. If we, you know, had the unfortunate duty of filling Jason Light's shoes right now, because man, this guy's job is, is insanely difficult. It doesn't mean that, you know, we've quote unquote quit. So, so much on Jameis as much as it is, it's just time to stop talking about the potential and start seeing the results. Are you the type of fan that knows football so well that you could choose any game and call it? Well, MyBookie is a place for you because they let you turn all your sports knowledge into cash in your wallet. Between football season, NBA, and the start of college basketball season, it's time to get off the sideline and get in on the action with MyBookie. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a couple of big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. If you join right now, mybookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to take advantage of mybookie's generous sign-up offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans, but you may not know that Locked On Bucks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Buccaneers fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Buccaneers fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. All right. Well, JC, certainly appreciate you taking some of your time to uh, to chat with us. Why don't you let everyone know what's going on over at the Draft Network and, of course, what's going on with the uh, the premium stuff over there? Yeah, so uh, the Draft Network is going strong on year two, and uh, we just unleashed the premium, which uh, allows you to go in the mock draft machine and um, access trades and, you know, really puts you in the position to be a real general, general manager. Um, it's a lot of fun and will also be a lot of other features, including a lot of hard work that, you know, Jordan Reed and Kyle Krabs will be doing with draft guides and stuff like that. So check it out and please sign up. It'll be great. All right. Yeah. I mean, always great work over there with, with the staff that you guys have, have built and, and just, 
top quality content. So of course people are going to be uh, leaning real heavy on that now with, uh, with draft season upon us. So JC, again, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. You can check out everything that JC is saying on Twitter over at Cornell NFL. And of course on the draft network, please check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day, and we thank you so much for joining us right here at LockedOnBucks. Bucks.